0: I have been really struggling uh, in the past week or so with getting started on things, and I had some self awareness about it. Thought I'd share it with you guys, and also I started dipping back into depression. Thought I'd, <laughs> I'd talk about that as well. Here we go. You are listening to ADHD Big Brother, the podcast for adults struggling with their ADHD and comorbid depression symptoms. I'm your host, Russ Jones, author of Descending to the Top, believer that you can actually have a smile in your life despite this diagnosis. So let's make some sense out of this struggle. Let's learn some stuff. Let's laugh at some stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, here's some stuff. Welcome to the podcast, you guys. How you doing today? How's your ADHD doing today? Uh, That's not rhetorical. How is your ADHD going? Email me. Let me know. Anybody dealing with a depressive episode right now? (laughs) Oh, fun. Hit me up. Go to ADHDbigbrother.com, the website. Click contact. I respond to everybody, everyone, all of you, except for the spam ones. Those, I mean, I don't know. If you were one of those nymphomaniac, but you're a great cook, European women who, that is incredibly bad grammar that has emailed me the same message from a variety of different email addresses with a variety of different first names. I'm really sorry that I haven't clicked on your link yet. I, I don't know. I just, I don't feel like I'm that lucky. Yeah. And if you are a real person, then I'm sorry. I, you sound like a keeper. Uh, God, there's some real interesting spam out there. Somebody, somewhere out there, some guy's probably like, I hit the jackpot. No, look at this. It's <laughs> crazy. So before I get into it, I'm, I want to give you guys a temperature check uh, right now. I'm currently swimming around in a depression whirlpool. I can see the drain. Oh, God, I don't want to go back. I'll tell you some of the thoughts that have been contributing to it, what I'm doing to try to swim with the current, hopefully grab onto the shoreline. Um, I think with depression, it was it's always helpful to me. When someone relates it the right way or when it helps me to feel less alone. So I feel like that's that's what I should do. So I'll just do that really quick. Some of the depression kind of came out of a little bit of the research that I was doing while I was in Arizona. I brought all these uh, articles and these books that I, some things that I printed out from the uh, college library, and one of them was this book, The Disintegrating Self. <laughs> it sounds like a good one, right? Sounds like a doozy. It's a psychotherapy for adult ADHD, autism spectrum, uh, and somatopsychic disorders. But it's the section on ADHD, it's so fucking. One of it said, I'll just even read it. It's the following are three common features of the ADHD experience. One of them was a lack of feeling that life is inherently rewarding. That's sad. And then there was a uh, paragraph where it was like another component of the ADHD temperament is a default mood of depression. Being alive lacks inherent reward. People without ADHD may be naturally cheerful and positive. Not so with ADHD for them. Life tends to be tedious, boring, and unrewarding. A chronic mood state expressed in words such as quote unquote, what's the point? It might pervade the experience of life, generating a bewildered fascination with the organic good humor of others. This basic lack of pleasure will fuel a restless search for stimulation, whether in the form of drugs or sex, new information, or intense emotional experiences in relationships. It will generate a continual background sense of emptiness and lack of meaning, at times deepening into states of despair. Wow! Woo! Yeah! Feel good yet? Ugh! So reading that didn't feel good. And then I think a lot of my depression stuff seems to birth out of loneliness. Like, oh God, my loneliness, it gets dark. And I'm like, okay, buddy. Yeah, I call myself buddy. I'm like, okay, buddy. Hey guy. Hey guy, let's get on the other end of this. So I'll think things like, well, in order to get on the other end of this, I need to be okay with being alone. Like, yeah, I need to not need someone, but that doesn't work for me. And then that leads me down a rabbit hole of God, does this what does this mean? Does this mean I'm codependent? Does this mean that I have an anxious attachment style? And so then I take the anxious attachment style quiz and holy shit, I'm fucking broken. And the advice is all the same. Self-care, meditate, get a pedicure. Ah, then I'm oh guys, I'm very black and white in my thinking. So I'll be like, okay, well I went and got a pedicure, so why am I not happy being alone? The fucking pedicure failed. But yeah, but but yeah, okay, my feet are pretty smooth. They feel really smooth. And maybe I'm, I'm, I'll go out and wear flip-flops for the first time in a long time. I've never done that because I feel good about my feet. And hey, here's another somebody, this is a pretty gal with, no, with open-toed shoes and we hit it off and fall in love. And oh my God, oh my God, the pedicure worked. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Oh, and I'm so reactionary if I feel like I've been slighted. So me and my extremely handsome feet feel like you hate me. Even in writing this episode, I'm I'm literally riddled with screams of like, don't complain, Russ. Nobody wants to hear you fucking talk about, ah, don't do it. So I'm just like, I'm just kind of uh, uh, pushing through this uh, just because I feel like <laughs> for some reason, I feel like it's helpful. I don't know. So I'll just keep going. So this happened the other night. I was playing uh, the new Zelda game because I needed to stop thinking. And it was too lonely, and the thoughts were too dark. And for probably a good five to ten minutes, I fought myself with these inner thoughts of, uh, she's going to think less of me if I play video games. She isn't going to love me if she knows I play video games. Men don't play video games. She's going to think I'm a child. And then there's this picture of all these like really buff dudes that are muscular hands. Oh, they're manly men, and they're doing manly things that are all over my Instagram feed, because I was like, get trying to get into working out at one point. And that, so I'm just riddled with all this, this beautiful scroll of self-loathing of what a non man I am. And all I want to do is fucking play Zelda. I mean, if you guys even seen the game, it's, it's amazing. It's really fun. And it's, I mean, it's better than drinking my loneliness away. So I'm sitting here stuck in some like gender role struggle or idea of what it means to be masculine or attractive to a woman And here's the kicker. I'm single. There's literally nobody to judge me except for myself. And yet I've got this woman in my head that I can't seem to break up with that has me feeling like I need to do all these guy things that aren't even me. Like, what are even these stereotypical masculine guy things? Like, oh, I have to figure out how to build furniture or install a bathroom fixture or uh, read up on sports. And actually, I would be interested in learning how to build furniture. I just don't have the space or the tools. And I think installing a bathroom feature would be neat. But And then I'm like, well, what is the point of that? It would just be to get external validation. Like, hey, look what I did. Do you love me now? So I need to be validated and get my sense of self-worth from her. What a fucking drain. And I swear, this is all like the psychology equivalent of, you know, like social media influencers or or supermodels where we have these unrealistic views of what perfection is. You know, I'm, I'm a securely attached and I have completely emotional availability and understanding and trust and I value her independence and my and she values mine and we're separate, but we're together. and, and I'm like, who the fuck is that person? This is 2023. We're all fucked up. That's what I tell myself. <laughs> Today it's like, God, you know, in this day and age, I think it's we're more suited to be like, hey, does my fucked up match up with your fucked up? And then maybe we can both meditate and get pedigrees together while we struggle through our fucked upery together. This is all my opinion. I hope you guys know that. My opinion, it's sort of like a survival opinion, I think. It tells me, hey, I'm good enough now as I'm growing and learning. Like I am without a doubt, without any question, an anxiously attached person. There's no, there's no like maybe about it. If you go off of the charts and the graphs, that is me a hundred percent. I need constant contact. I need reassurance to feel loved. And I'm like, well, can't, can't I just put that down as, Hey, my love language is physical touch and words of affirmation. Hey, maybe it's not anxious attachment. Maybe it's, that's just my love language. I'll tell you this. Oh my God. So I saw this is a, it's happened years ago. I saw an 80 year old couple. I'm guessing the age. I don't know. Very old couple at the grocery store, and he's pushing the gro- grocery cart, you know, obviously, because man, chivalrous son of a gun, and she's walking next to him, and she is patting his ass as they walk down the aisle, shopping for their groceries, and I was like, yes, that is what I want. That, to me, that's 100% the love I want. Anyway, when it, like, when it comes to the depression side of things, there's only so much work That I can do on myself, and I'm pretty much over feeling like I'm some broken piece of shit, you know? And this is how I'm riding out my depression. There's always. Somebody out there, right? There's always going to be somebody that's more put together, more secure with themselves, more masculine, better looking, more stable, less neurotic. And so right now, my biggest workaround for my potential depressive episode as we circle the drain, my biggest workaround is I'm going to fucking play Zelda purposefully, but with caveats, right? Because if I play it for too long, then we're in a different problem area with ADHD, but I am going to play it. And I'm going to remind myself that video games, it's honestly, it's one of the most connecting things that I have with my kids on our, we just had this six hour drive to and from Arizona uh, and my oldest son created a Minecraft trivia experience that was epic. And I played a trivia game against my 13 year old for the whole drive there and the whole drive back. And it was amazing. And I tied with him. I did not lose. It was 81 points to 81 points on the way home. Yes, he beat me on the way there. But still, I mean, I, I showed up. You know what I'm saying? I knew some stuff. And that is not something that I would have with my kids if I was, quote unquote, guess uh, manly or, or a, a grown up. I don't know. So enough about my depression and my big attachment style reveal. Let's talk about an ADHD micro moment, a little bit of insight. Maybe it helps you guys. So the one that prompted this, it happened while I was in Arizona, the kids and I, we were visiting my parents last week. And whenever I go away, my routines are shattered. It's like going back to square one. Sometimes I love my parents and I love visiting and I love how it, it'll feel like a a hard reset sometimes like, yeah, I'm going and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to be brand new. But oh my God, when those routines go, it's, it can be tough. Well, this one day, my thing was I was going to complete a discussion board post for one of my classes. And every time I thought about doing the discussion board, my entire being rebelled in the broadest, vaguest sense of the thing. I wasn't in the mood ever. And I wanted to share with you guys as much as I could about what it felt like and and then what I did to get on the other end of it. So here's what I know about the discussion board for, for school. It's going to be relatively easy to do. If I were to hazard a guess, I would say it'd be take about 15 to 20 minutes tops to complete. But each time that I thought, oh, I could work on the discussion board right now, what ended up happening was that there was this internal no, <laughs> almost like an invisible barrier put up that really felt non-negotiable, if that makes sense. It's, it was just this sense of that this isn't something that happens right now. This isn't something that we do. It, it it almost resonates as if it's, this isn't something that I'm able to do right now. Without any kind of self-awareness or self-reflection, I would just be carrying on. It's a no, so I carry on. It would be like, I want to go swim in, so I walk up to the beach and I see a sign that says, ocean is off limits today, big riptide. Okay, sign says no, so I move on. The boundary is set and I listen and I move on. You know, okay, right, I guess I'll, I'll go riding my bike. When our inner being puts up these signs, it's up to us to hopefully have that self-awareness that we have created our own obstacle. Like ADHD makes it extremely difficult to do things sometimes. So imagine we've given ourselves this sign, all right, that we can't go into the ocean because of the strong current. There's a sign and we just don't ask questions. What I can do with some self-awareness here is, for me, it helps me to avoid beating myself up. It helps to stop that whole, oh, you can't do a 15-minute discussion board? What a lazy piece of shit. (laughs) What a loser. You know, and then my brain starts pulling all those levers. Initiate (laughs) self-loathing. Lazy loser. But with that self-awareness, you know, and I'll add a couple of cups of being cool with myself and a dash of curiosity. And you're like, hey, that's interesting that this easy thing seems impossible. That's fascinating. What this does for me is that it really helps me problem solve in the moment. You know, for this schoolwork, I was able to engage my brain before it, you know, activated its standard self-love bullshit. I asked myself, okay, what one of these ADHD tools can I use to get this goddamn thing going? In this case, I eliminated the idea of finishing it, and then I worked my way down in terms of time commitment. It's like, I, I will typically start with 45 minutes to do a thing, and then for that. There's just no way in hell, even though I know it's this thing probably won't take 45 minutes, probably won't even take more than 20 minutes. There's something about that inner concept of time that it just never applies to our kind of brain. Like our inner clock is so fucked up. But what works for me is that I'll just whittle it down in terms of what I'm willing to do. 45 minutes. That's too much. 30 minutes. That's too much. 20 minutes. Yeah, that's still not really realistic for this kind of thing. So 10 minutes, yeah, okay, 10 minutes. I can bang out a quick 10 minutes. And so it turns out that the thing preventing me from getting started is my commitment to a time frame. Got it. That's really interesting to me. And what this helps me with is that when I have something I want to do, or dare I say something that I should do, uh, the moment I feel tension at the idea of getting started, whether it's like a physical tension or a mental tension, I can take a step back, I can be cool with myself and I can say, well, what can I do here? The curiosity in myself, that is what, it's super helpful. And like, let's say you hired me to work with you on getting your shit together, right? These would be the things that I would be challenging you to look at. My answer to what works for me might not be the right answer for what works for you. The right answer to any of this is going to be what ultimately moves your needle forward. Like what nudges you down the mountain towards your goal or your task. If we look at this from the ADHD perspective, it's finding a way to accept that the reason we often can't get started, it's from a brain block of some kind. It's not a personality flaw. It's not a character flaw. It's just because of the fucking zippy, zaptastico, neurotransmitter blasters in our school spaghetti. You know, it's if these executive function brain thingies, if they were like Pixar characters, they'd be like this uh, old 90 year old guy in you know, driving on the road and he's blocking all the traffic behind him. And uh, that's us trying to get past him. Like we're trying to do a thing. Well, I don't know which way to go. I don't know what I'm doing. There's a stick show? Is What am I? Kick- just like, get going, dude. Come on, old man. That's, it's it's a block. We know where we want to get to, but this old man, if you would just get going. And how that looks in the real world is, hey, there's someone that's completely capable of doing a thing. Not doing a thing. So let me summarize here. I don't know. I went off on that old man thing. Um, (laughs) What's up with the old people today? A lot of metaphors with old people. All right. So these are the things that were involved in my moving the needle forward, right? So there's the first one was I was not compelled by the task. But I was interested in how much I could do in 10 minutes. Not like a race, just a curiosity. Like, I wonder, what could I do? Number two is the actual 10 minutes. That made it easy enough. Number three is I had to move to the dining room table because it was uncomfortable. It felt formal and had that vibe of doing schoolwork to me to get me into that headspace. Keep in mind, this is at my parents' house. And then number four was I told my parents, I'm going to be doing schoolwork for the next 10 minutes So they knew what I was doing. Otherwise, they would totally chit-chat me. So I had to set my boundary. And then five, I put on my headphones, played my playlist of music, puts me in the mood. And here's the results. The timer went off at 10 minutes and I was already into it. Not into it in terms of loving it, but like I had momentum. So at that point, uh, I still had more to go. So I turned it into a game of curiosity. And I used a stopwatch timer to see how how long it would actually take me to finish the assignment. And it was exactly another 10 minutes. So I was pretty much dead on. The discussion board assignment took 20 minutes. Done. And that is one way for a person to go from that invisible barrier of not being able to start or moving forward on a project and become a person who does the thing. My challenge for you guys this week is to see if you can be self-aware in a moment of indecision or inability to get started and name it. What would you name it? Like, I can't decide what to do. I'm not in the mood for this thing. I don't know how to get started. Is that how you would talk? I don't want to do it. I'm not in the mood. What does your brain sound like? And then once you name it, ask yourself a forward-moving question. And that will maybe get your brain involved and out of just being a barking butthead brain that says shit like, What a loser can't get started. I'm a lazy turd. You get it doing the job. And then hopefully that helps. All right. If you guys have any questions about any of this, got some ideas, just want to say hi. Love all of it. Feel free to reach out via the ADHDbigbrother.com website. And with that, I hope you guys have a fantastic week. Come on now. Talk to you later.